It shows the 16-year-old holding a knife as she lunges at two other girls before four shots ring out. The calendar says April 21st. The weatherman says more winter. CBS meteorologist David Parkinson. Lots of sub-freezing temperatures. In fact, we've got uh, freeze warnings for hard freezes uh, in more than a dozen states. Parts of New York State could get as much as half a foot of snow. Less than ideal conditions have scrubbed tomorrow's SpaceX blast-off. Correspondent Peter King is in Orlando. Forecaster say the weather was looking good for tomorrow's launch time at the Kennedy Space Center, but meteorologists have also been watching rough weather along the East Coast where the crew dragon would have to splash down if there was an in-flight emergency after launch. NASA says the forecast is 90% favorable for a launch Friday morning. S&P futures are down 8. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. When it comes to starting your morning off right, Wendy's is always the best choice. And now that our sweet and savory honey butter chicken biscuit is only $1.99, you have no excuse to get your breakfast anywhere else. It's freshly prepared with sweet honey butter and all-white meat chicken on a flaky biscuit. It's never been easier to steer clear of bad breakfast. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's and get the breakfast you deserve. The $1.99 honey butter chicken biscuit. Limited time only at participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. A la carte only. Not valid in a combo. Having your own home is awesome, but it's also a lot of work. The good news? Finding help for your projects is easier than ever. Introducing Angie, the app that puts all your home care needs at your fingertips. Need a pro to fix that emergency leak? Maybe find someone to build a deck or even set your seasonal tasks on autopilot. Angie can handle all that and more. Expert pros, hundreds of home projects, clear pricing, and the easiest way to book and pay in seconds. This is Angie, your home for everything home. Download the app today. Overseas, a plan for a super soccer league is falling apart. Protests turned to celebration outside the Chelsea team stadium as fans learned their team had become the first to pull out of the proposed Super League. There's so many fans, there's like billions of us, and I think it really did something. I want to apologize. This was billionaire John W. Henry, Liverpool's owner, acknowledging that players and manager had opposed the league. Fans should savor this. It's their victory. Cabinet Minister Oliver Dowden on what could have a sea change in British soccer. Figgy Barker, CBS News, London. Set your alarm clock for early tomorrow morning if you want to start your day with some razzle-dazzle. The Lyrid meteor shower will light up the sky over the next few nights, but it's expected to reach its peak before the sun comes up. The viewing expected to be excellent thanks to clear skies across much of the country. The first recorded Lyrid sighting dates back to 687 B.C. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Would you get on an airplane if you knew it had a 50% chance of crashing? You may be riding that plane right now. If you have your money in a 401k or IRA and you plan to take out the recommended percentage each year when you retire, your chance of running out of money is 50%. 50%. But there's a better and safer way to secure your income in retirement. Discover how in a free book called Rescue Your Retirement. This wealth-building strategy has never had a losing year in more than a century. In fact, even the man who invented the 401k now prefers this method instead. Get Rescue Your Retirement free for just a small shipping charge and enjoy a safe landing and a comfortable retirement. Get this free book and make sure you don't run out of money. 
Hurry, this offer is extremely limited. To get your free copy, just go to growwealthsafely.com. That's growwealthsafely.com to discover how to rescue your retirement. Growwealthsafely.com. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 9 p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse at 410 West Union Street in Athens. Hey, it's Boots. We'll talk classic cars, where to get them, how to insure them, and where to show them. That's AutoSmarts Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. Since 1972, Danny Mint Electric has been providing professional solutions at fair prices. Whether it is dedicating a line for your computer, running all new electric lines, installing new lighting, air services, ductwork for distributing the best heating and cooling throughout your home, or complete HVAC system installations for the home or office, Danny Mint Electric can hook you up. Consider a backup generator for those untimely Southeast Ohio power outages. Call Danny Mint Electric, 740-593-8813. That's Danny Mint Electric, 740-593-8813. These days, we're all doing a lot more virtually, which is why at Ohio Health, we've expanded our virtual care options and availability to make it even easier to get safe expert care at home. That includes virtual visits with over a thousand trusted providers in every medical specialty. Learn more about our virtual health options at ohiohealth.com slash virtual health. to third Rosario left early it's a triple play oh this baby is crushed right center field and the ball game is over great defense and a comeback give the Reds the weekend series over the Indians up next it's the Diamondbacks here all the action on your home of the Reds Midweek visit with Coach Art Turf in between football games and this. Well, that's right. You know, this here is my favorite part of the week. You know, we're not worried about what's happening in the last ball game. It's too early to look forward to the next ball game. We're right in between, and this is a perfect time to let all the fans know just exactly what kind of place NF Tech has in the history of football. We talk a little bit of football history at NF Tech, and I've been amazed, Coach, to find out all of the terminology that actually developed uh, right here at your school. Well, not only that, a lot of stuff that folks say and use and do about the game of football started right here. Well, what have you got for us this week in the way of inept tech football history? Well, I, th I figured you being in the media, uh, uh, one of them radio, TV uh, uh, folks, what broadcast ball games and all that kind of thing, probably familiar with, with the isolated camera. You know, uh, that's uh, one of them things that they use on TV, like they focus it on somebody that's not always in the play, like they show how a wide receiver gets open or what uh, a running back does before he takes a handoff or what happens to the quarterback after he lets go of the ball. You know, lets the fans know something about the inside of football. And Are you going to tell me that, that your school actually had something to do with the invention of the isolated camera? 
Well, that's right. You know, a uh, feller by the name of uh, Lumpkin, Lens Lumpkin, uh, was a feller what took our game films back in the early 1960s, and back in about 1961, you know, we didn't use but one camera for the whole ball game. You know, you just shot your game films, and, and you sent it on to the coach of the team that you was going to be playing next week, and that coach sent his game films to y'all, and that's how come we swapped game films around. And then, of course, now one week, old Lens, you know, Lens uh, has had a problem with his uh, concentration not always staying where it was supposed to and and uh, what he liked to do is take his chewing gum and stick it on the camera so it would stay put it was kind of a wobbly thing and and uh, and uh, what we wound up with was the camera focused in just one spot on our defense and when we sent the game films onto the coach for the next week he said he listen coach you know we really wanted to thank you for sending them game films because it focused on your middle linebacker and he was your best player and we found out how to defense him and that's how come we got beat i believe it was 86 and zip the next week and so that how isolated Cameron was born, just a piece of chewing gum started right here at NF Tech back in 1961. The origin of the isolated camera. That's how it started. And I'll be back with Coach Turf right after this message. And of course, the Art Turf Show brought to you daily by the National Association of Dog Food Testers. Coach Turf, you were telling me during our commercial break that the isolated camera also helped to give birth to another a famous football tradition. Well, that's right. You know, the fella that was being focused on in that isolated camera was our middle linebacker back then, a fella named of, uh, Bulldog Brandon. And seeing how Bulldog had red hair flying all over the place everywhere, and when he was charging that quarterback, what they would do is whenever he would charge a quarterback, they refer refer to him as Red Dog Brandon. So now everybody what blitzes a quarterback is called a Red Dog, which kind of makes you think if Bulldog had had dirty hair, they'd be calling him Dirty Dogs. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-M. It's a Wednesday, a little different. I'm referring to the weather. It was odd to look out the window this morning and see um, see patterns of snow wherever there wasn't a tree. super fine stuff got stuck up in the tree so well, it just made for an odd look and the whole concept of snow here in uh, late April um, I don't know and they say it's uh, still likely to stay with us until 11 o'clock tomorrow morning in fact let's just see here let me give it to you exactly from the National Weather Bureau. Snow likely today before 9 a.m. Well, we've hit that. Then a chance of rain and snow between 9 and 11. Then a chance of rain after 11. Cloudy. 
and gradually becoming mostly sunny with a high near 44. Northwest winds 9 to 14 miles per hour with gusts as high as 25. Chance of precipitation is 70%. Um, total daytime snow accumulation of less than one inch possible. On my vehicle this morning, I had a half an inch. Um, and it was melting fairly rapidly. Tonight, scattered rain and snow showers before 11 p.m., then a slight chance of snow showers between 11 and midnight. Mostly cloudy tonight, then becoming mostly clear toward daybreak, with a low around 29. And then uh, starts to get better slowly again and again and again, right? As uh, we might expect this time of year. All right, so there we there we there we be there we are there we are, Scott. Uh, something like that. Good morning, Scott. Oh, good morning. We missed your. There we go. Okay. Now, coach is set. Just not the same. Did you hear um, the sponsor today? <laughs> no, I did not. I was helping uh, someone getting uh, to record morning devotions. So lay it on me. The National Association of Dog Food Testers. Nice. Very cool. And no animals were harmed in promoting the Art Turf Show. No, there there are humans. Dog test, dog food testing? Yes. Okay. And no humans were harmed during no. dog food testing? Well, I guess not. I <laughs> we, haven't heard specifically. That, that we know of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was uh, pretty innovative there. All right. I was way. I thought maybe we'd have, I didn't know what, what it was going to be. Because I, I was thinking of something this morning and I thought, Mm, we got to come up with a good one. No, 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 wait a minute. These, these organizations pay us money to do this. Mm, well, that's news to me. That's good. Well, Scott. Yes, sir. That is me. We, we need, <laughs> you know, we're in COVID. We yes. need every buck we can that's get. That's right. Count those pennies. So... National Bean you know, Counter Day. Would we normally accept advertising from the National Association of Dog Food Testers? Uh, sure. Yeah, I was going to say that too. <laughs> <laughs> but we particularly during a period like this. All right. Yes, we will help them along their way to promote their wonderful service of dog food testing. Have you ever eaten dog food, by the way? No, no, no sir. Oh, well, okay, you know, I played a lot of sports, so I'll, I'll just put this one out there. A friend of mine, he was a big guy, about 6'8", about 250, and he could hit a baseball and a softball a country mile. And one time during my younger days, I think I was house-sitting for dad and mom, and he went with me to the to the house. I lived in a separate residence, obviously. 
and he came with me there, and I was feeding their, their dog, and he was just a funny guy. I mean, nothing hurt this guy, and he'd run through a brick fence to catch a fly ball if he needed to, he, and he was just a fun-loving guy, too, and he goes, have you ever tasted that stuff? And I said, no. Okay, he's from Minnesota, too. Hibbing, this, this Minnesota. a little more sense now. Yeah. Let's so keep going. He, uh, he said, let me try some of that. And I said, are you serious? And he goes, yeah. I remember, this is a big guy. He's, he's tasted lots of stuff. I saw him eat, I don't know, how 10 pickled eggs right in a row one time. I'm like, what is the purpose of that? But anyway, he picked up a bit of it and tasted it. And he went, hmm, not bad. <laughs> Shaking his head like, yeah. Not bad. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that reminded me of the National Dog Food Testing sponsor. Well, <laughs> but I mean, okay, it's one of those you, know. you kind of had to know Steve, and you kind of had to be there to uh, to realize how goofy it was. <laughs> Are I'm you sure still in touch with this person? Oh yeah, occasionally. Okay. Yeah, he's married, I, I, has I five think... or six kids. Do they like good dog food? I uh, we haven't gotten that far yet, but uh, I think you ought to send a clip of this audio to him. Yeah, that'd be funny, wouldn't it? Yeah. He'd get a kick out of it. He's just a just a fun loving, good natured guy, too. Clearly, it sounds so. Yeah. All right. Well, today in history, today is Wednesday. It's April twenty first, the one hundred and eleventh day of the year. 254 days remain, of course. Our highlight, we pick out, uh, let's see, 1836. On April 21st, 1836, an army of Texans led by Sam Houston defeated the Mexicans at San Jacinto, assuring Texas independence. Well, let's see. In 1649, the Maryland Toleration Act. Maryland. Are you Tol eating something on there? No. Should I be? That's. I believe that's coffee. You are smelling. No. No. I smell something other than coffee. Hmm. Well, I hope it's something good, not it, dog food. I was just wondering. Hmm. Nope. If it was dog food. I smell coffee. I don't know what you're smelling. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> let's see here. What were we saying? Oh, the Maryland Toleration Act. So this is 1649. Provided for freedom of worship for all Christians. And it was passed on this date in 1649 by the Maryland Assembly. Seventeen eighty nine, John Adams on this date was sworn in as the first vice president of our nation. Eighteen sixteen, Charlotte Bronte, author of Jane Eyre, right? Was born in Thornton, England. Now, it seems like most of my life I've heard about this book, Jane Eyre. E-Y-R-E. -E. Uh, 
so I'm going to be thoroughly embarrassed to openly admit I have no idea what it's about. Scott? I'm perusing as as you speak. So you didn't know either? Uh, no. Okay, so I don't feel so badly now. Okay, it um, follows the experiences of the heroine named Jane Eyre, including her growth to adulthood and her love for Mr. Rochester, the brooding master of Thornfield Hall. Hmm. The storyline. Jane Eyre is seemingly a plain and simple girl as she battles through life's struggles. She has many obstacles in her life. Her cruel and abusive Aunt Reed, the grim conditions at Lowood School, her love for Rochester, and Rochester's marriage to Bertha. There you have it. And we're not talking about the Jack Benny show. No. I don't believe so. A different Jack, different Rochester. Yes. Okay. Yes. Ross, Rochester must have been somewhat of an instructor, I'm guessing. Brooding master of Thornfield Hall. I'm going to have to read it now. <laughs> well, let's see here. Another interesting point. Um, Samuel Longhorn, Langhorn Clemens, also known as? Mark Twain. There you go. Um, he died on this date in 1910. In Reading, Connecticut, he was 74 years of age. Well, we could go on with these sort of factoids for any date. I love reading those things. Some of them just really jump out at you. Well, there's one that surely has jumped out at everybody already, and that is the fact that today is uh, Queen Elizabeth II, her birthday, 95. Hmm. And, of course, uh, given the fact that her... Her husband, the prince, died just a couple days ago, and the ceremonies for him. This is a much different type of celebration of her birthday. Yeah, a bit bittersweet, I would imagine. Um, bu- 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 Elaine May, actor, comedian, writer. She's 89 today. Charles Grodin, another actor, 86. Iggy Pop, singer, right? Yes. 74. Tony Danza, an actor, 70. Well, he had some great shows. Who's the Boss and Remember the Old Sitcom Taxi? Yes. He was in Taxi as well. His name there was Tony Banta. I recall that now. Along with Christopher Lloyd as Reverend Jim, taxi driver, and Danny DeVito (laughs) as Louie. That was a good cast. Yeah, that was. Let's see. The youngest person to be listed today, a rock singer, Sidney. 
Sierra, something like that, who's in Aerosmith. No, Echo Smith. Eco Smith. I don't know. One of them. Yeah. Anyway, he's <laughs> 24. That's the youngest of the uh, celebrity birthdays, you might say. Okay. Today is National Administri- Administrative Professionals Day. This is a big deal. Should be. Coast to coast. Um, you know, administrators in your offices. It's the time to call attention to them. Thank them for doing the, the, the jobs they do. Maybe treat him to a lunch, that sort of thing. And uh, and good am- administrators truly appreciate their support staff. Absolutely. National Administrative Professionals Day. It's also National Kindergarten Day. National Yellow Bat Day. We're talking about those that fly, not swing. Well, actually, it's something different. Yellow Bat honors uh, the activation of the 265th Army Security Agency Company. What? of With the support of the 101st Airborne Division in Kentucky. And they use that insignia on all of their equipment. I've been um, has to do with military intelligence. Giving this uh, report off and on for years, and did not know that because there are creatures flying around that are yellow bats. Yes, but you're saying this is a military diver- di- um, division. Correct. It focuses on military intelligence to build the U.S. Army Intelligence and Security Command. It's uh, uh, 265th Army Security Agency. It was one of the units of the ASA called Airborne. It's also part of the 104th Airborne Division. Now, that part I just see now as I'm reading down in here. Yeah. The 101st Airborne Division. Yep. Well, anyway, so I stand corrected. But uh, they... Well, what the hell? We can celebrate yellow bats that fly around a little bit. We can celebrate anything we want to. It's also National Covered, (laughs) Chocolate Covered Cashews Day. I like chocolate. I love cashews. I'm pretty set there. Yeah. What a way to follow up there. Okay, put this one... Like I've said before, if we can celebrate... Yellow Pencil Number 2 Eraserhead Day and National Paperclip Day. We can celebrate whatever we choose because this is Party Line. (laughs) (laughs) Or National Association of Dog Testers. Dog Food Testers. (laughs) See, we, we can do that. We don't have to wait till Friday to do that. Let's take a, uh, by the way, some of you um, may have heard us talk over the last few days about the fact that Commissioner Lenny Eliason was due to be on our show this morning. 
we had something come up, uh, and it came up this morning. And Lenny said, I can do it next Wednesday if that helps, or I can join you late. And I said, let's do the whole hour next week. He said, sure. So that all got pushed back one week. Um, so next week, we can tell you right now that uh, Dr. Betty Young, who's the president of Hawking College, will be joining us on Tuesday. And Athens County Commissioner Lenny Eliason will be joining us on um, Wednesday. Sounds good. Let's see here. I've I've got about six directions I could go. Let's let's do uh, COVID. Athens County now has had... Well, it looks to me like I updated everything but Athens last night. Let's skip a day. Okay. Uh, How about we just do the state? I'm interested in state numbers. Okay, state. To see which which way things are, numbers are going. Okay, so... Um, okay, we, uh, yesterday we had had 1,054,000 cases. Okay, so just a little over a million. Um, today it went from 54,000 to 66,000. So a million, 66,000. So about 12,000 more cases. Yeah. Um, I must have been sleeping when I did this report. I have I see a number of errors. Anyway, um we have um, seven thousand six hundred and seventy people in the ICU units. That's up uh, twenty nine from the day before. We also have 47,515 in non-ICU, but still a hospital. Um, We have 42 new deaths yesterday. By the way, the day before, we had had no new deaths. In fact, I think there was a period of two days with no changes in deaths. But then Tuesday, yesterday, it increased to 42. So a total of 19,033. 
I guess those are the principles. Now, United States. Um, we had 17,000 new cases yesterday, bringing the total up to 32,488,704. That's since this whole thing began which was uh, February 5th of 20. Now, active cases, you mentioned there's been, what did we just say, 32,488. Of that, 6,800, I'm sorry, 6,860,000 are active. So you don't have to be a super big mathematician, but that means 25 million people have recovered. The deaths in our nation, as of yesterday, stood at 581,731. That's, that's, um, I see where I failed to enter a couple of stats, so I think that's the best I should do today. Okay, good. Uh, well, while you're getting ready for the next segment there, I got a note here from ODOT uh, that says the right lane on US 50, State Route 32 East, just beyond Vanderhoof Road in Athens County, is blocked due to an accident there. So if you're headed on uh, Route 5032 East, which would be going toward Guysville, Coolville, that area, the right lane is blocked okay. right now near Vanderhoof Road in Athens County. Fair enough. So be cautious through that area. Yes. Historical events. The first Battle of Panipat. Panipat. I don't know if that's right or not to say it that way. Which featured Central Asian conqueror Babur, who defeated Sultan Ibrahim Lodi, Lodi. And in so doing, establishing the Mughal, Mughal, M U G H A L, Empire in India. My pronunciations were terrible, but this was an important deal. This occurred in 1526. Seventeen ninety-two Brazilian revolutionary Tiradentes is hung or hanged, I guess it would be. Drawn and quartered as well in Rio de Janeiro. This has nothing to do with that, but that is one of my what, what what is it when you have something you want to do someday? Your bucket list? Yes. I'll go with that. All right. It's on your bucket list. Rio. Rio. It is. Going on. 
1918, World War I, German fighter ace Baron Manfred von Richthofen, Huffen, also known as the Red Baron, shot down and killed over Vaux sur Somme in France. Canadian pilot Arthur Roy Brown credited with the kill. <laughs> I think I messed that up, but anyway. The Canadian pilot downed mm. the Red Baron? Is that how it reads? Let me double check. Here. Okay. Because I like that song. I Sno- think that's it. Snoopy and the Red Baron. Mm. So the Red Baron was downed on this date in history over France. Okay, some famous birthdays. Catherine the Great. Uh, born in 1729, died in 1796. She was the Empress of Russia from 1762 until 1796, the country's longest ruling female leader. Okay, Charlotte Bronte, born in 1816 on this date. Died in 1855. B-R-O-N-T-E with a tilde over it. Yes. She was an English novelist. And uh, she was the eldest of the three Bronte sisters who survived into adulthood and whose novels became classics of English literature. She enlisted in school at Rowhead in January 1831 at 14 years old. And she contributed writing to the book of Jane Eyre with her sister. John Muir, M-U-I-R, born on this date in 1838, died in 1914. M-U-I-R. John Muir. Also known as John of the Mountains and father of the National Parks, was an influential Scottish-American naturalist, author, environmental philosopher, botanist, zoologist, glaciologist, and early advocate for the preservation of wilderness in the United States. He was born in the United Kingdom. So he was an ologist all over the place. Yeah, he was. Yeah. What wasn't he as far as ology? Mm. <laughs> and of course, uh, lest we forget, Queen Elizabeth II, today celebrating her 95th birthday. Now, two famous deaths to mention. One is, um, well, we we kind of already did that. The Red Baron. Yeah. Who was uh, born in 1892, but died on this date in 1918. And this other one... I'm going to embarrass myself, perhaps, by saying, I don't know who this is. Tiradentes, T-I-R-A-D-E-N-T-E-S. He died on this date in 1792. Tiradentes, Joaquim Jose da Silva Xavier, also known as Tiradentes, was a leading member of the Brazilian revolutionary movement known as Inco, Inconfidencia Minera. 
whose aim was full independence from Portuguese colonial power and the creation of a Brazilian republic. So he was a revolutionary. Hey, incidentally, John Muir, that we mentioned a few moments ago. M-U-I-R. Yes, uh, was largely responsible for the establishment of the Sequoia National Park and Yosemite National Park. Cool. With his ologies. Into both. And ists. As in botanist. Zoologist. <laughs> I have... Um... I've saw I've observed something just in going about business in town and elsewhere. And I sort of I it's made me scratch my head a little bit. Why? Let's take uh, restaurants for example. <clears throat> Um, here we are, having gone through and still dealing with the COVID, COVID crisis. Many of these restaurants unable to be open in the way they are accustomed to being. Maybe they're takeout only. Uh, maybe they're drive-through only. Um, or far more limited seating than normal. Um, And yet, as you walk in their doors with your mask on, there's a sign saying, need workers. Need help. Help wanted. Hiring. Yep. I've seen that out front. It doesn't make sense to me. So here's a story. I can't remember where I found it this morning, but I only use um, well-known and uh, credible to me resources. So it says, is the restaurant industry, industry facing a hiring crisis? Sales might be bouncing back. Employment, on the other hand, is a different conversation. In 2019, 3,800, now this is an example of a Chipotle restaurant, which is also one one I really like. Okay. <laughs> Chipotle. Mm-hmm. Um, in, our ta- in our case, it's uptown, so I don't get to it as often as I might when I've lived elsewhere. Anyway, Chipotle. In 2019, 3,800 Chipotle employees received tuition assistance under Cultivate Education. That that number jumped to over 4,400 employees last year. Anyway, going on, thanks to vaccine distribution and loosening restrictions, sales and demand are finally starting to sink for restaurants. By sink, they don't mean go down, they mean synchronize. 
Nine of 11 regions tracked by the Black Box Intelligence posted positive two-year sales growth during the week that ended April 4th. Only California and New England did not. The period also marked the third consecutive week restaurants generated positive comps on a two-year stack. Going on, though, yet many restaurants continue to close early or open late or simply elect to keep lobbies shuttered in favor of drive through takeout, and curbside. In some spots, this is a preemptive, safety-first measure, but increasingly it's becoming a reflection of the sector's mounting struggle to find workers. We were at a restaurant the other night, and, of course, the food was wonderful. The people working there were wonderful, but they didn't have enough. And so there was an extremely long wait. And we we had a nice conversation with neighbors and so on, who we were out with. But, <coughs> but um, it was an unusually long wait. Okay, back to the article. Why is this happening? Can't be pinned down to a sole culprit. It is, however, a combination of a few pressures. One is the $300 weekly unemployment boost extended through the beginning of September in President Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan. Fazoli's CEO, Carl Howard, told QSR, that's this publication, this affects restaurants up and down the ladder, from the front to the back and the outside the restaurant. Distribution companies are struggling to find drivers because of unfavorable hours. Some, pli- some suppliers raise prices in response product can be hard to come up with. Specifically for hourly restaurant crew members, though, Howard didn't mix mince words. If I was a kid and I didn't really have a career path and I'm 22 and I'm working at Fazoli's where I'm trying to figure it out and I'm making all this money to stay at home, I'm going to be playing... PlayStation till 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to go back to work. Are you kidding me? Yep. I've heard that from a few people. They make more money drawing unemployment. Yeah. You know, they're they got they're getting stimulus checks and so they're thinking this is easier doing nothing than as you just mentioned there stay at home playing PlayStation. All right. Well, so the, the incentive's not there. Some, something's messed up. It, it's it's yeah. It's defeating the incentive to to work when they're being supported by the government with uh, unemployment and stimulus checks. 
But those stimulus checks aren't going to be coming every month. We've had a couple of openings here at the station in the last few months. And uh, we'll select someone. And, of course, you know there's a certain period of time that it takes for them to learn the job and then make connections with various businesses and get up to where they're making a a nice wage, right? Yeah. You know, contributing to this and themselves. This, um, the fact that there are these options now um, has made one or two of them um, say, well, never mind. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't get it. And, yeah, again, it's just, I could not sit at home and do nothing or not do important things for my community, for my employees. You know what I mean? I oh, just yeah. It would drive me nuts. Yep. I know what you mean. I tried it for a while, too, and it's it's not for me. Not yet, anyway. But, again, it just, uh, you know, it's... It's diminishing any incentive to, you know, get out and work and contribute. Okay, so with that in mind, I decided to search um, for lists of weirdest jobs. (laughs) Okay. This ought to be good. Which is where I came (laughs) up with this uh, fact that there are people who are dog food testers. Ah. Now it surfaces. It makes number four on the list. Uh, The list is only ten deep. Now I can find other longer lists, but this one I pulled this morning is ten deep. So making number four, dog food taster. The dog food taster's job is to taste new dog food products, including bones, tinned meat, and biscuits. They do this to test for flavor and texture in comparison to rival dog food brands in human food. Mmm. Tasty. Mmm. Okay, so now let's do the full list. Coming in number 10. Get this now. A professional sleeper. Wow. Um, Various hotels. This started in Finland, but I think it's grown. Um... Hired a member of staff as a professional sleeper to test the comfort of their beds. Such individuals sleep in a different one of the hotel beds each night and writes a review about his or her satisfaction with each one. Hmm. Talk about sleeping on the job. Yeah. Number nine. <laughs> drying paint watcher. Oh. No, it's not a joke. 
All right. Someone actually earns a living watching paint dry. A man in the United Kingdom currently has the job. He spends his days painting sheets of cardboard to test how long new paint mixes take to dry and watching for changes in color and texture. Very interesting. Number eight. A full-time Netflix viewer. Um, imagine being paid to watch TV all day. Yeah. Well, for one lucky employee, this dream has become a reality. Um, they hired this uh, couple of people to watch all of their stuff before it actually gets aired. Um... And their role is to review and assign each program its correct tag, which helps us viewers find exactly what we're after. Yada, yada, yada. Okay, number seven, a train pusher. If you think the London Underground, well, if you think it's bad, you should see the trains in Japan. Oishias. Oishias. That's that's their name for this train pusher. No, they don't push trains. They push people inside the doors before they close. Oh, Jesus. They are hired to cram as many people onto a train as possible by pushing them from the outside until the doors will close. But she is. Next. I wouldn't like that if I was being pushed. Don't go to Japan. Professional mourner. It is a tradition in Southeast Asia that a loud funeral assist, will assist the dead as they travel to the afterlife. So professional mourners are hired to cry and weep loudly throughout the service. Number five, a snake milker. Obviously not for the lighthearted. The job of a snake milker is to collect the venom of poisonous snakes in jars for use in anti-venoms and other medications. Um, yeah. Now, number four we already gave you, which was the dog food taster. Number three, out of ten... And we're almost done. Odor judge. In order to test the effectiveness of new products, odor judges are hired to smell volunteers' breath, feet, and armpits. They make sure their judgment is accurate. The members of the staff have their sense of smell tested regularly. In fact, monthly. And it ends up saying, let's hope these products are doing the trick for the judge's sake. Number two, a Marmite taster. They say you love it or you hate it. And in the case of St. John Skeleton, he really takes his appreciation for it to another level. As part of a team of Marmite testers, 
He is responsible for checking each batch of Marmite in the correct texture, consistency, and flavor. What is Marmite? I am not sure. Give me the spelling. M-A-R-M-I-T-E. Marmite? I think it's got to be so It's a awful. food spread made from yeast extract. And the last oddest job is scuba diving pizza delivery. <laughs> now, down in Florida, there's an underwater hotel. Sounds like fun. And if that's not bizarre enough to add on to that, they have a scuba diving pizza delivery man who supplies them with pizza by carrying them through the sea in a watertight case. What a unique service. Okay. Now, it occurred to me, so I'm done with this. It occurred to me... What kind of questions would you ask if you were interviewing people for these jobs? Well, you're just going to have to stick around. And then on, um, I guess tomorrow. Yeah, Thursday. We can do this. But these are interview questions that... Someone interviewing a prospective employee might ask. And um, some of them are truly weird. And I don't know why. But we'll find out why together tomorrow. Sounds good. In the meantime. In the meantime, remember. Derek Chauvin. Freeze warning in effect till 10 p.m. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Derek Shum. <clears throat> what what a deal. Be careful out there. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. Is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. CBS News has learned the Justice Department is ready to step in in Minneapolis. A day after ex-officer Derek Chauvin was convicted of murdering George Floyd, the Attorney General Merrick Garland is ready to announce a sweeping investigation into policing practices in Minnesota. Governor Tim Walz tells CBS this morning. Minnesotans are breathing that sigh of relief. I think that white-hot spotlight that's been on us since we in the world watched George Floyd be murdered. It feels different today. Now we're the state that convicted George Floyd's murder, and I think what I'm hearing from folks is now let's start the hard work. Attorney General Garland expected to speak this hour. There's new reaction to the verdict. Donald Williams testified for the prosecution. He said he believed he'd witnessed a murder after repeatedly asking officers to check Floyd George Floyd's pulse. He tells CBS this morning. You know, I had a little worriedness on it, um, but, you know, I actually sat there and prayed with uh, me and my kids and, uh, right before the verdict, and uh, we watched it, and 
a prayer came through. I'm Vicki Barker in London. The Chauvin verdict's on all the front pages here. Prime Minister Boris Johnson has tweeted he was appalled by the death of George Floyd and welcomes this verdict. Britain's opposition leader wrote simply, justice. And Formula One champion Lewis Hamilton has posted, justice for George. The mother of a black teenager from Ohio shot and killed by police just before the Chauvin verdict is speaking out. This never should have happened. She's a loving girl. Paula Bryant tells our CBS affiliate WBNS-TV she called for help for protection, not a homicide. The Columbus Police Department released body cam video immediately. It shows 16-year-old Makia Bryant lunging at two other girls with a knife. Interim Police Chief Michael Woods. Deadly force can be used to protect uh, yourself or the protection of a third person. Paula Bryant said her daughter had been staying in a foster home. A Virginia police officer is out of a job for supporting a controversial legal defense fund. Norfolk, Virginia Police Lieutenant William Kelly has been fired after he allegedly made a donation to help a northern Illinois man accused of killing Black Lives Matter protesters in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Kelly had been on administrative leave for his support of Kyle Rittenhouse, who is facing multiple charges, including murder and the shooting deaths of two people and the wounding of a third. Jim Crisula, CBS News. The White House says it's on target to meet its goal of 200 million COVID vaccine doses this week, and Americans are planning to get away. A new survey shows 50% are likely to take at least one vacation this summer. More than not, they say they'll be vaccinated by then. This is CBS News. When you're hiring, there's no luxury of time. So instead of waiting for people to see your sponsored post, invite them to apply. More at Indeed.com slash credits. We saved big money with our progressive home and auto bundle and used the cash to take a family vacation. To Hawaii. Who's up for a luau? Yay! This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big money with progressive, but not enough to go to Hawaii. They'll probably use it for things like the mortgage and groceries or even a travel magazine, so at least they can see pictures of Hawaii. Aloha! <laughs> yes, say hello to those beautiful Hawaiian beaches in that magazine. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. We're all ready for spring. Now's the time to get ready for 